Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined by Scotty White here with you on Monday night, November 8th, as we head into Tuesday. November 9th should be a good show here tonight as we are live on the Maze of Brew YouTube channel. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here. Make sure to uh, join the discussion. Leave your comments uh, in the live chat. We'll be getting to questions and comments and everything of that nature. But we got a lot to get to here on this show. Taking a look back on the Indiana win. All eyes ahead to Penn State in Happy Valley, which should be a monster matchup on Saturday and a tough place to get a win. Might even sprinkle a little basketball in here, too, getting started here this week. Scotty White, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Pretty good. Excited to talk about the games. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to talk about uh, basketball, too. Excited to see the banner raised up at Chrysler this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every game's a must-win game now. Um, I think Michigan kind of – yeah, it's fortunate that they don't have to play under the lights in Happy Valley this week. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a fun game. Excited to talk about it. Yeah, fortunately for Michigan, man, uh, Auburn came to town and yeah. used up the the whiteout night game on it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I got the helmet stripe game, not a whiteout. There's <laughs> one stripe of blue that will make all the difference. So I I actually respect Penn State for that. Right? It's like they need it to be a whiteout game, but right. they already used it, and they're yeah. like, no, we we you know we got to keep the tradition, we got to keep the sanctity of it. How else can we get a whiteout yeah. game without actually yeah. it being a whiteout game? You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely still going to be a, a great atmosphere there despite the noon game. Um, but yeah, I mean, last time Michigan won there uh, was 2015, and I believe that was the last time that they played there that wasn't a night game. So, Yeah, that that is the last win that Michigan's had in Happy Valley. 28-16, Jake Rudock, 25 of 38 in that game, 256 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So, I mean, you know, obviously quarterback play has been a little shaky the last couple of times. Uh, the, the whiteout night game in 2017, that was as bad, about as bad as it gets. Uh, Shea yeah. Patterson in 2019 didn't have a great first half. Penn State got that huge lead, almost came back. We remember the Ronnie Bell drop, you know, but that was a heck of a comeback for Michigan. Really kind of vaulted yeah. them that second half of that Penn State game forward for the rest of the year in mm-hmm. what turned out to be a decent season following that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a good comeback, and yeah, it fell a little bit short, but Michigan did just look like a different team after that. Yeah, we uh, uh, Michigan definitely got some help. Antoine Johnson here said, "Where's them, uh, Where's Sparty? Them fools can only troll for one week." Shaking my head, I, man, that was uh, you know that's good news for for Michigan. At the end of the day, you know it probably was going to come down to to Michigan State needing to beat Ohio State anyway, but. Uh, their margin of error is gone, and if Ohio State does take care of business against Michigan State and Michigan can run the table here, obviously uh, it'll send Michigan to the Big or to the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. Won't have to worry about you, you know who's rated higher in the college football playoff after that. So that was at the end of the yeah. day, you know that that was a that was a big game for for Michigan, and I know a lot of people you know want to talk about. Oh, Michigan, you know, they're they're happy when Michigan State loses at the end of the day, man. That that was good for the Wolverines, you exactly, know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought I, I thought that the that Michigan State would lose two of these two games down the stretch. Um and I was not surprised that that Purdue was able to get it done. Um, but I would be shocked if Michigan State um is able to go into Columbus and even lose by single digits. Um I think Ohio State should handle them easily in that game. 
um, yeah, Michigan takes care of business the next two weeks, and the Big Ten East should come down to Michigan, Ohio State, and Ann Arbor on November 27th, and that would be that would be a big one. <laughs> yep, probably would be the the biggest since uh, 2016 or no 2018, yeah, obviously. 2018, but yeah, uh, yeah. we, we don't. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, not remember that 2018 game as much as yeah. possible here. You know? I don't want to remember the 2016 game either. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. I don't want to remember want, want to remember any of them. Uh, taking a look back at this weekend, though, uh, on Saturday, it, it it was a weird feeling game, right? It was a night it was. game, but in yeah. November against Indiana, I don't know. Did did you just get the feeling watching that game that everything about it was just kind of off? It was, yeah. I did get that feeling, and it's like Michigan covered. You know, they took care of business, but then at the same time, you still have people upset about the way that they played. Um, it was everything just seemed a little bit weird about the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was like Michigan got off to a decent start. Indiana was moving the football a little bit, though. But even even like the big Michigan plays, like it felt like not everyone was really getting into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely wasn't surprised. Um, you know, the fans maybe a little bit quiet after just the tough loss against Michigan State the week before. Um, you know how Michigan fans can be. Um but yeah, it was it was a weird game for sure. But all in all, Michigan came away with the win. Like I said, they covered the spread. Um, I think that the red zone still could uh, could be a little bit better. And you know, going to to Happy Valley and Ohio State down the road, still a lot of things that need to be cleaned up um, in order to win those bigger games. You know. Absolutely. Uh, Hassan Haskins was fantastic in this game against awesome. Indiana, 100, 168 yards on 27 carries. Uh, yeah. He was an absolute beast out there. Exactly what they needed. A little concerned about Blake Corum here, though, man, yeah. uh, getting hurt in that first half and going out with that ankle injury. Yeah, definitely some injuries in that game. Um, and Harbaugh did not have any comments today um, when asked about the status of Corum, Eric All. Uh, McNamara was supposed to talk to the media today, but he ended up not being available. Um, so he was also, they said he was a little dinged up um, in that game too. So yeah, definitely everybody getting healthy before next week would be, would be huge. Yeah, they absolutely need it. Yeah. We uh, uh, unfortunately from T white here, he asked for any updates on Blake and we do not have any, as Scotty just mentioned, no comment from Harbaugh here today. He, he's generally, I don't know. He, he's been a little less mum on injuries here this year, but it feels like he's keeping these ones pretty close to the chest. Yeah. He, uh, it was pretty clear today that he didn't want to talk about that. Um, but on, on Saturday night after the game, he didn't seem too concerned about it, but, um, but yeah, I guess we'll, Probably I just have to wait and see until game day. Yeah, uh, I did like – I'm a little concerned about Cade as well, man. He's been getting yeah. dinged up a little bit. He's been going out for some series and for some plays. I know he was in, uh, I think, in the med tent a, a little bit for a couple of maybe one series yeah. where J.J. had to come in and take over the reins. The good news is J.J. is you know, very capable, obviously. Yeah. But as, as the seasons progress, I don't know if you've had this, but starting to get more and more confidence in when Cade – is out there as opposed to, to JJ at this stage yeah, of the definitely. season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really the Michigan state game just showed how good he can be. And obviously Michigan state doesn't have a good um, passing defense, but still a lot of good throws in that game. 383 yards against everybody is impressive. I, I personally have full confidence in Cade that he can lead Michigan down this final stretch of the season and, and get wins in all of these games. 
Yeah, he he looked good uh, in a lot of these throws a little early on. He he wasn't looking great, but he really started to get into it. Obviously, the the deep post shot to Cornelius Johnson. Yeah. That's one that I feel like he's gotten better at. Scotty is is yeah. not overthrowing or underthrowing those. He kind of hit Cornelius mm-hmm. in stride. We, we saw a lot of those yeah. against Michigan State. He's been much better on these. You know, any throw that's beyond twenty yards, it feels like he's gotten a lot better throughout the year on. Yeah, those are huge, too, because Michigan's receivers really all year have been able to create that kind of separation. Um, and early on, McCarthy was hitting a couple of them. He had the, the two big ones, the Dalen Baldwin. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely seeing more McNamara hitting those deep balls. And, yeah, that those kind of plays are, you know, momentum changers. They can win you the game. So definitely are going to need those down the stretch. Yep, and Andre Anthony, he's been, you know, a heck of a guy to come on. Hopefully yeah. he's okay. Uh, moving forward and and that's a that's another question too is we saw what happened with Ronnie Bell in week one against Western Michigan on the punt return right Andre Anthony probably not a great idea to take that kick out of the end zone uh, to begin the second half but this is there's a there's a fine line that these coaches are having to manage with having your best skill guys on special teams versus you know not having as skilled guys and then who knows what kind of mistakes could be made man Exactly. I mean, you want to have your best players in those kind of positions to make plays, but those kind of things can happen. And it's always unfortunate when it does. Yeah. I, when you look back on this Indiana game, man, like what are, are there a lot of takeaways to be had? Cause I feel like I don't have a lot. I feel like I didn't have yeah. a lot. That's kind of just how I expected the game to go. Obviously right. they took care of business against Indiana a little bit easier uh, than they have throughout the last couple of years, even when mm-hmm. Indiana was a, a little bit down, but I mean, hey, that was Michigan went out, did what they had to do. It wasn't flashy by any means. The defense stepped up when they needed to. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo are just absolutely ridiculous on the edge. Uh, they played their fantastic games. You know, a couple iffy uh, moments with linebackers, which I think is just it is what it is at this point. You know, that's probably the might be the biggest weak spot on the defense because I thought Vincent Gray played phenomenally, yeah, shutting down did. Ty Freifogel to yep. zero 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 across the board mm-hmm. compared to what he did a year ago. Yeah, uh, the, the secondaries played a lot better. Uh, the linebackers are, are a bit of a negative right now for the Wolverines defense. Yeah, yeah, that was like one takeaway that I noticed um, was not on the defense for Michigan with the offense. I noticed Indiana seemed to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback than we've seen. Uh, McCarthy had a couple – I think he got sacked maybe I know at least once I think twice um and Kate obviously took some shots he had to go to the tent um so yeah they did a good job pressuring um the quarterback which we haven't seen much of this year I think McNamara had only been sacked I want to say once or twice up to the, before this game um so I did notice that but yeah it was just one of those games where and I kind of expected this you know, um, it's against Indiana. You know, they're two, they were what two and six going into this game. It was obviously a game Michigan's supposed to take care of business in, and they did. Um, and we'll learn a lot. We'll learn a lot against Penn State. Um, I think that Penn State they should be right. You think they'll be ranked in the in the CFP when that comes out tomorrow? I think that they probably will be. Um, I th- I think they will. It might be just fluffer, kind of like for Minnesota, giving Ohio yeah, State yeah. a little bit better of a win. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that Penn State is a lot. I mean, currently they're unranked. I think they're a lot better than unranked team. Obviously, the Illinois game was bad, but they put up a fight in Columbus against Ohio State. And I think that if Clifford doesn't get injured against Iowa, I mean, they were up big in that game. It looked like they were going to run away with it. Um, so when I think of Penn State, I really don't think of a six and three team. I think of more around like an eight and one kind of team. Um, 
so I think they're a really good team. I think that they're probably personally, I think that it's going to be a harder competition than the Michigan state game. Um, and I think that Michigan really did play well enough to win that Michigan state game. They just had some crucial mistakes at the end. Um, obviously some things didn't go their way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really tough game and this is really, when we'll learn a lot and it's a must win game, obviously all of them are now. Yeah. Obviously the, the margin of errors has been completely erased from that Michigan state game, but yeah, this is happy Valley. Number one uh, is a ridiculously tough place to play, but this Penn state team is, is pretty good. Don't let the Illinois game fool you. Like you said, played Ohio state, you know, really tough, ended up pulling away from Maryland uh, in that matchup. I think what it's going to come down to, and we, we've got some people in, in the comments here, uh, Mike Coffey and Antoine Johnson are, are kind of, you know, talking about it. Here is that red zone offense. You know, Mike Coffey, yeah. he said, what could we do differently in the red zone to convert those opportunities to touchdowns? I hear lots of complaining about it, but no ideas on how to fix the problem. Number one, not my job to do that. Uh, I just observe that the red zone offense does need to to be a little bit better. I, I do think, you know, uh, what Antoine Johnson said here is that when Michigan scored that touchdown in the red zone off the bootleg, why doesn't Michigan run that more often? And they never go back to successful plays seemingly. Well, they, they did. So they ran that bootleg uh, to the tight end, you know, Scootmaker, and then they came back to him on a little Y stick uh, in that uh, third or fourth quarter in the second half there for his second touchdown. It looks like they're starting to get the tight ends a little more involved. And really, when you think back to it, you know, 2018 in prior, that is that is what Michigan has done well is get the tight ends involved in the red yeah. zone, which I, I think they they've kind of got away gone away from a little bit. Yeah, I think that was a huge part of it. Um, getting those, I mean, Harbaugh said after the game, Schoonmaker was a big part of getting the red zone offense going. So yeah, I think that the getting the tight ends involved definitely helps. Um, but for me, I, I've kind of noticed they seem to just the play calling just needs to be more creative down there. They seem to kind of get conservative, try to run the ball, get themselves into third and seven, third and eights, and then they don't convert there and it ends up being a field goal. Um, so I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams, obviously, everybody knows Michigan wants to run the ball. And I feel like a lot of teams especially know that when they get into the red zone. Um, so I would like to see Michigan just throw it more down there and getting the tight ends involved, obviously. Um, that uh those two things kind of go together but i think that the the play calling just needs to get a little more creative down there and, and at the end of the day man i feel like the issue that michigan is kind of having is is a lot of their two goal situations kind of start at the 10 or just yeah. inside the yeah. 10 right like they're not mm -hmm. getting chunk plays in the red zone to get inside the five all of a sudden you set up first and goal at the four everything's yeah. a little bit different exactly. you know exactly so they yeah. need to – I think that has to be the focus. I think it's, you know, you got to play complementary football on that side of things is you you don't want to just get that first down, you know, once you get into the red zone at the eight-yard line. Because right. then you got first to go from the eight. The field's condensed. You take, you know, you run it on first down, even if you get three yards. Now you got second to go from the five. You run it, they're ready for the run. You try to throw it, it's still condensed. I think once yeah. you, if you can start leaning on it and leaning on it and get these goal to goal situations at the five or at the four, that's when the touchdowns are going to come because the offensive line is very good. Obviously, Hassan Haskins is really hard to bring down, and I think they're going to see a lot more success. So I think they need to be, personally, I think they need to be more aggressive as soon as they get inside the 20 rather than just trying to get first downs and get to a goal-to-goal -goal situation no matter what. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, if Michigan's got three chances and if they're going to go for it on fourth down, four chances to get five yards on the ground with Hassan Haskins, 
you they're going to get it more than more than uh, more than they would. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, first and goal inside the five is much different than the first and goal at the ten. And, and that's that's going to be the key, I think, this week. I, I think red zone offense is going to be the key because Penn yeah. State. I, I don't care. That's that's a good defense, man. We saw yeah. it against Ohio State. Uh, I mean, even in the the Illinois game, obviously Illinois had ten points in you know regulation. Like this is a really good Penn State defense. Yeah. Michigan, that they might even struggle to move the football, you know, a little bit on them. Not like Michigan State, where they were able to move it up and down the field, and then Michigan State's defense really tightened up in the red zone. Obviously, mm-hmm. settling for a lot of field goals, kind of similar to Wisconsin. It's going to be tough to move the football on Penn State here this right. week. So when you do get in the red zone, capitalizing on those opportunities are going to be the difference between winning and losing. 100%. Yeah, it's a lot of the keys to the game are similar, you know, this big road environment, similar to Michigan State. And that was the difference. We talked about that last week, the the red zone offense for Michigan State. They were capitalizing. Michigan wasn't. Um, and, then, and then also the mistakes, you know, late in the game. Michigan just can't afford to have those in this one. But, yeah, you you hit it right on the nose there. Like, when you have – I definitely don't think Michigan's going to be able to move the ball against Penn State's off or defense like they did against Michigan State. So when they get down there into the red zone, they have to capitalize. And, you know, Clifford is going to be playing in this one. We weren't sure, remember, you know, that Iowa game. We were kind of looking ahead. We were like, is Sean Clifford going to play? Obviously, he's going to be good to go wearing the knee brace. So he's not quite as mobile. But now it's, you know, Jahan Dotson. You know, that yeah. this is this is going to be the thing. Can they stop him? They did. For the most part, Michigan, obviously, Naylor got hurt in that Michigan State game. Reed had a couple of big plays. But I, I never thought he really busted the game open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He had the, yeah. the huge catch on a perfect ball from Thorne on the fourth down where if Dax Hill, you know, is, is able to make a play there, the game probably does go the other way. He just yeah. made that. That was just two guys that made incredible plays. Other than that, I never felt like he was really getting loose, you know, kind of like David Bell was last week against Michigan yeah. State or something like that. Never felt that way. Ty Freifogel doesn't even record a catch this week for Indiana. Obviously playing with a true freshman quarterback and a third-string guy coming into the year probably didn't help things. But Vincent Gray was was much better. Uh, DJ Turner, I think his emergence has been mm-hmm. phenomenal and, and a bit of a godsend for this uh, Michigan secondary. But what do you think, man, uh, from the secondary side of things? Are they going to be able to shut him down because he, he's a game breaker at the end of the day? Yeah, I think that I honestly think that that they will. I think Michigan's going to be able to to keep him in check. And I think that that's going to be so big because I see this a lot when people talk about Michigan football and basketball, specifically basketball. But I think it goes to football as well, where when Michigan loses, it seems like somebody has to, like a big game it seems like somebody has to have like a career game for example like Kenneth Walker I mean five touchdowns 197 yards that was the difference in the game so yeah I mean Dotson's that guy for Penn State like he's going to be the one to make sure that he doesn't have that career game that leads to a Penn State win over Michigan and I, I mean this is a yeah and it's an interesting Penn State offense right is because like you mentioned Kenneth Walker going crazy, the five touchdowns, you know, that that was the the change in the Michigan State game. No one really got loose for Indiana. And so the linebackers become kind of less of a concern in the run game and gap filling against Penn State. Hmm. They average 106.4 yards a game. This is just it's just not something that they do very well is running the football. But your linebackers are going to have to cover Nakai Hill, Green and Junior Colson are going to get a lot of a lot of run here. I'm interested to see what they do with Ross because 
at at times. He looks like he gets lost a little bit in coverage. Indiana picked yeah. up a, a third down on that opening drive, I believe it was, where Ross just kind of he kind of moved when he shouldn't have. The tight end was right there, looked like his responsibility, and so I'm wondering if the more of the speed guys get some more run here this week, knowing that you know stopping the run probably isn't going to be a huge issue for this defense, but. Yeah being able to manage this Penn state offense and not even giving them five, six yards, a chunk is going to be the the key to this Michigan defense, stopping this Penn state offense. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, like they're not a good running team. And so I think this is definitely gonna be the, the secondary's biggest test of the year. Um, and I, I think that they are going to be up for the challenge. I mean, last year, obviously the secondary was, a major weakness um, for the Michigan for the Michigan football team, um, but I mean, you, I think that the the performance from Vincent Gray uh, last week and just comparing that to the performance against Indiana a year ago really shows how much those players on the on the Michigan secondary have improved from the year from last year. Yeah, no question about it. What do you think? I mean, you look ahead here. I feel like Michigan has a lot of advantages which is kind of worrisome to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like I feel like they do, but it, it shouldn't be going to be a cakewalk. Obviously there's no question about that. Penn state's going to come out. This is going to be an absolute battle. You know, Michigan's going to be fortunate if they're able to walk out, out of there with a victory, but yeah. where does Penn state really have the advantage? I'd say their defense probably against this, this Michigan offense might be the biggest one. And that's, that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. Yeah, no, my concern is 100%. I think it's going to be a fairly low scoring game. Um, my guess would be around like a, you know, a 20, 24 21 type game that's kind of where i'm looking um but yeah i think that my my biggest concern personally is is the offense um because like like we talked about earlier it's it's not going to be easy moving the ball up and down the field um and i think that there are going to be limited opportunities in the red zone to score touchdowns um so if they can fix that and find a way to punch it in each time then they get down there i really like the chances to win but if the red zone struggles continue then I could see it uh, being like Michigan State again, where we leave a lot of points on the field and could end up losing the game because of it. Look, I think Jake Moody is a top three kicker in the country. I think he's been fantastic. And I love Jake. I love Jake Moody. But I I really would like to see him mostly just kicking one-pointers on Saturday. I agree. I I was tweeting a lot about that uh, during the game last week. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Moody is awesome. Uh, I think Michigan does not have the record they have right now um, without Jake Moody. Uh, he was huge in the Nebraska game. Um, but, yeah, uh, I would I would also like to see him kick a, a little less field goals. I'd like to see him out there for the extra points. It looks better kicking extra points. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, the one thing that I'm also, real quick, before we uh, take a uh, quick shift to, to basketball with them kicking off their season here this year, yeah. is that – Michigan this year, and I, I would have to go back and look, but if off the top of my head, in non-garbage time opportunities, it feels like this Michigan offense, when they're score or when the Michigan's defense is scored on the Michigan offense, I feel like there's maybe three times they didn't answer with a score of their own. I think it happened twice in the Nebraska game. And Mm -hmm. once, obviously, late in the Michigan State game when Michigan State took the 37-33 lead. Other than that, 
I feel pretty confident, maybe twice in the Michigan State game when, when Michigan State was able to come back and tie it up. So maybe four times this year, I think twice in the Nebraska game, twice in the Michigan State game in non-garbage time opportunities. And if anyone in the chat can point me at another one, I'm not talking like late against Western Michigan or Northern Illinois or anything like that. Uh, when the Michigan offense didn't come back and at least put some points on the board after being scored on, I think that's been a huge difference in this team here this year. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be, yeah, that's definitely going to be big. Um, and yeah, I mean, the two times against Michigan State, you know, those are those are times that, you know, you, you do get a touchdown on one of those drives and they do win the game. So that'll obviously be crucial in the game as well. Yeah, I mean, so, and that's why I'm like, usually... I'm thinking about going into this Penn State game like, man, against this Penn State defense, if they get down early in this game, if, you know, God forbid they get down by like 10 at some point, you know, are they going to be able to come back? I I feel like I have confidence in this team to be able to bounce back and and come back in a lot of situations, which I I probably wouldn't have been in years prior. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to be big too. Like I do have the confidence that they can come back from that, but you look at the past two times Michigan's gone to happy Valley I mean, 2017, I believe it was the first play of the game. Saquon Barkley goes for like a 75-yard touchdown. And just like that, Michigan's down. On the road, tough environment. Same thing happened in 2019. And and even in 2019, they were able to get back into a position to win the game. Um, but I'm definitely hoping for a stronger start uh, this year than, than the past two times they've gone to Happy Valley because getting in those holes like that is not fun. Well, the the good news is is I don't think Mike McDonald will have uh, you know, uh, Josh Watson, Jahan Dotson, or, or anything like that. like Mike McCray was on KJ Hamler. You know, yeah. yes, that is true. That was that was <laughs> so, interesting to see for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they have a little bit better of a grip uh, on that. So it was all eyes uh, on Penn State Saturday, Michigan. Yep. They don't technically control their own destiny quite yet, but we do know. Uh, a loss would knock them out of Big Ten East contention. So, I mean, this is what you play for. You know, I mean, you look back at the beginning of the year, no one thought this team would be 8-1 and one at this point going into Happy Valley. So enjoy the ride. And you know what? I'm somewhat confident in Saturday's oh, game, yeah. which has me excited and also very anxious. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a nerve-wracking one just like a couple weeks ago in East Lansing. Yep, that's absolutely. The it, that's the fun of it. That's This is what it's all about, right? I, I mean, yeah. at at the beginning of the year, and if you would have gave any Michigan fan this scenario other than, you know, the Michigan State loss, just say they had one loss, people would probably would have assumed it came out Wisconsin anyway. But, you know, this is, I mean, it's it's been an incredible ride so far, and I hope that they keep it going. But to, to be playing meaningful games in November is exactly what you look for each and every college football exactly. season. Exactly. These are the games, as, fan, as a fan, I personally get most excited for, so I can't wait for Saturday. We're going to switch gears real quick uh, to basketball, kicking off their run at a potential national championship here this year. I mean, you got to think big if you're the Wolverines coming off the elite appearance last year, got a lot of returning talent, the number one or number two recruiting class, depending on, you know, how you view uh, Memphis's recruiting class, getting a Moni Bates, you know, kind of last minute there. But this is uh, this is going to be a heck of a Michigan team came out and they ran, you know, Wayne State off the floor. Obviously, that's, you know, not a not a huge thing or anything like that but they look good and the freshmen look good uh in that game they kick off their season uh with buffalo wednesday night at 6 30 i I gotta tell you scotty 
I am so excited for this team, man. I, I mean, I've I was super excited for the 2013 team because I love Trey Burke and I knew they had some good guys coming in. It turned out to be a fantastic season. I think I'm even a little more excited about this team than I was at 2013 squad. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever been excited for a season of Michigan basketball like this before. I mean, uh, la- like last year, still there's a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, you got to wonder what would have happened if Michigan had livers in the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, even without him so close to getting to the final four, uh, Michigan just had seems. Uh, I love, I love Juwan Howard too. Um, what a great hire for Michigan. He's doing an amazing job. Just so much talent on the team. Expectations are high. Um, yeah, I, I'm extremely excited. I love basketball season too, because I, obviously I love college football. Um, but, uh, yeah, hockey is great too. Um, another team that really has a chance at a national title. Um, uh, but yeah, I love the college basketball season just cause you got games every single day starting tomorrow all the way until April. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, T. White here on the uh, Mesa Brew live chat says Final Four for basketball and hockey, which, hell yeah, but also, hey, we, we just talked about it. You know, Michigan still got a shot at that Final Four. Why not make it three for three, you know? Oh, yeah, football too. You never know. Yep. They still got everything, <laughs> everything to play for still. Yeah, no question about it. And this basketball team, the, the question is going to be now, this year is managing expectations, right? It's like mm-hmm. last year they, they really started to come on. They were ranked outside of the top 25 preseason. Yeah. And, you know, they started really just absolutely crushing teams. You know, I think back to the Wisconsin game and what they were able yeah. to do, that really started turning some heads. And they were yeah. blowing out everyone for a long while en route to a Big Ten championship. But, again, the expectations were a lot less last year. This year, expected to compete for a Big Ten championship, expected to make a Final Four uh, appearance with the guys that they have and going to be leaning on a lot of true freshmen, Caleb Houston, Musa yeah. Daibate, you know, maybe some uh, Frankie Collins in there, who knows. But some freshmen are going to have to step up and make big impact plays to go along with these expectations. A little bit different here this year, and I'm intrigued to see how they handle it. Yeah, it is interesting because – uh, you know, back when Beeline was the coach and even like Michigan with the, the years they went to the national title. Um, I know after the 2018 season, I believe they were ranked like 25 to start. I mean, you never saw these like preseason expectations for Michigan, even after they would have really good years. Uh, but now those expectations, I think Michigan has the second best odds to uh, to win the national title and second best odds uh, to win the Big Ten just behind Purdue. Um but yeah, I think that a huge piece is going to be Devontae Jones. Um, yes. You know, he's got some experience and I, I, I love Mike Smith. I thought he was great. Um, but I do think that Devontae Jones might be um, a little bit of an upgrade at the point card position. Um, and I think that he's going to have a really big year. Devontae Jones is a menace onto the perimeter yeah. defensively. Yeah. Like he is going to cause a lot of problems. And at the end of the day, What's the number one thing pretty much for every team that makes a final four? It's strong guard. Play. It's, yeah. Exactly. You know, obviously Baylor's Baylor's guard play was just unreal last year. Andrew yeah. to a national championship, obviously Gonzaga with credible guard play, even UCLA with some great guard play down the stretch, you know, wasn't really there all year, but that's, that is the thing that's going to get you over the top in the NCAA tournament. And as long as they stay healthy, I think Michigan's going to have quite a bit of that. Yeah, definitely. I think defense is huge too. Uh, and I think that uh, gets overlooked a lot in basketball. You know, people last year were given uh, – they're being tough on Franz Wagner when he would have tough offensive games. But I think that people 
sometimes overlook the defense, um, especially with Franz. He was such a good defender. I don't think a lot of people would notice that when he wouldn't put up like 15 to 20 points a game, you know? Antoine Johnson says, who's a 6'10 big guy? That's a beautiful thing about this recruiting class. Michigan's got two of them. Musa yeah. Daibate <laughs> and Caleb Houston are both 6'10 man to go along with 7'100 Dickens. That's, that's going to be a problem. They decide to go big because Caleb Houston can shoot the lights out. And yep. if he's able to stretch the floor and you can put a six another 6'10 and 7'1 guy in there, man, good that's luck. That's a big lineup. Yeah, that's a big lineup. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be getting a lot of rebounds and uh, you're going to yeah. be taking a lot of outside shots. Not going to take it down in the land of the trees, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Michigan really, like I said, they've got all the pieces there for a deep run this year. Let's uh, we got a comment. Caleb is six ten question mark. That's what he was listed on as a two forty seven. I don't know yeah. if uh, I, I believe. Uh, let's check the the Michigan roster. Or maybe he shrank a little bit. You know, you never know with those high school heights. At the end yeah. of the day, you know they yeah. they get a little more leeway uh, with those. Uh, I'm wondering what the official uh, Michigan basketball roster looks like here. I'm, I'm going to see if uh, if Caleb is six ten. That's that's what he was listed at. So I'm excited to see. Let's see. Uh, loading right now. Michigan basketball roster. Um, let's see. Musa Musa is actually listed as six eleven. Oh, they listed Caleb as six eight now. Okay, so uh, he he lost he lost the coach as Caleb did. That's still not bad yeah. though. Six eight, you know. Yeah, that's still he's still very tall. Yeah, still very <laughs> yeah. Large Musa gained an inch. Caleb lost a couple, but that's that's still a pretty big lineup. They're going to be trotting out there. That, that's the thing too is the depth of this team is just it's exactly. it's stupid. Yeah, they it they can go nine ten deep, and you're mm-hmm. not feeling bad about it at all, especially with the way Brandon Johns came on last year, right? Exactly, you know, yeah. playing that four. I and and I think he's he's more of a natural four. I know he's a little undersized. I don't think he plays the three as well. Obviously, I still don't mm-hmm. think he has a, has a lot of confidence in his shot. Yeah. You know, but as a four, he battles down low. It's awesome to see. And I, I don't know, the, the depth on this team, the, what he can provide, obviously Terrence Williams, he's a big guy too, you know, a, a little undersized, but that battles, but he can play on the perimeter a little bit yeah. more. The, the depth uh, on this team, guard play. I mean, think of all the guards by the end of the year. If Frankie Collins and maybe like Kobe Bufkin can get a little more experience and get a little more comfortable when you you've got Devonte Jones, Eli Brooks, obviously Zeb mm-hmm. Jackson. I thought he played well at times last year. And then those true yeah, freshmen, I mean, they're this team could legitimately go 10 or 11 probably. And you're still feeling good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got, they got coach Howard there in the off season coaching them up. Like I fully expect, um, I think Zeb Jackson's going to be good this year. And one thing that I love about, um, Terrence Williams and Brandon Johns, they, those dudes are tough. I mean, they would make, they would make some gritty plays last year. Yeah, and, and Brandon John still, too. I was watching the highlights from the Wayne State game. Um, he is still improving that deep shot, too. He can uh, he can occasionally knock it down. Um, I've heard Hunter Dickinson worked a lot in the, the deep shot over the uh, the offseason as well, so I'm curious to see uh, if he takes any of those on Wednesday. But I think Brooks, uh, he went four for four from three in the Wayne State exhibition. I think he's definitely going to be a lights-out shooter this year, and I cannot wait to see it. Yep, I think the depth is going to be by far their biggest strength, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think about considering all the strengths that this team has. Um, right. And if if the outside shooting is going, it, it's uh, it will be uns- an unstoppable offense if the threes are falling because they're going to get open yeah. looks all year. That's just uh, yeah. Hunter Dickinson is an incredible passer out of the double team. 
I don't even know if they're going to be able to double team him a lot this year when you've got Brooks and Caleb Houston on the floor together. Zeb can knock yeah. it down as, as we mentioned. I mean, I don't yeah. know how you stop them. I think this, this feels like a team Scotty that if they, if they lose, it's because they beat themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. In the turn at the or, end of the day, until, until they go up against yeah. one of the top tier teams, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, when Michigan was in that stretch uh, at the beginning of the year, especially when they were just beating everybody by 20 points and Wisconsin by 40, um, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, you double team Hunter and then there's somebody open for three, everybody else can shoot. And, and Michigan at that point was just, it, seeming, it seemed like they just would not miss from back there too. Um, so yeah, I mean, when those threes are falling, it's it, like you said, unstoppable offense. You know, Vinny says, do you think Musa can start even if his three point shooting isn't that great? And obviously that's going to be, uh, the point of contention with, with Musa, but so it all depends how Michigan wants to play, right? Like, obviously, they like to to run their big guys out on the perimeter as kind of facilitators when you run that motion offense that they do. These are guys that are handing off and then roll into the rim. So I don't think it's it's really a problem, you know, unless Juwan wants to keep a 41 look, a four out one in look, then it might be a bit of an issue. But at the end of the day, you don't have to do that. Like, that's the thing about Juwan that I love is he's going to tailor everything towards the personnel he has. He's not going to be yeah. like, I've got these guys and you're going to learn my system and we're going to do this. Right. It's my way or the highway sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? He's going to tailor to his team's strengths. So you're going to see a lot of perimeter play when it's Houston out there with Hunter Dickinson. It's going to be a lot of 41 looks. And obviously Hunter comes out on the perimeter and is a facilitator there as well. But I mean, you could you could run a traditional look with Musa, you know, out there, three guards, two down, and you know, running a lot of flex screens, pin downs, things like that. I mean, yeah. it, no matter who's out there, I think Juwan's going to have a plethora of options to to be able to run an extremely efficient offense. Yeah, no, I agree. And with Musa starting, I think we're going to kind of could see something similar to how Dickinson developed last year. Kind of at the beginning of mm-hmm. the season, he was coming off the bench. Davis was still starting. But I just think Moose is just going to continuously just get a lot better as the season goes on. Um, and I'd be surprised if he was um, starting uh, this early in the season, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get a month or two into the season and he and he's uh, in the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm very excited to see who, who the starting five is going to be. But at the end of the day, yeah. who's starting against Buffalo isn't indicative of anything. Exactly. Like Scotty yeah. just said, Austin Davis was starting ahead of Hunter yeah. Dickinson. I love Austin Davis, uh, yeah, but as a, we saw – the the better player at the end of the day was Hunter Dickinson. And mm-hmm. if, if we could get anything from these guys in an Austin Davis sort of role, when he came in, played hard and would get you a couple yeah. of buckets because his footwork was unreal. Like, give me all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah I would love to have another Austin Davis on the team, man. He was awesome. He, he was, he was tremendous, man. High motor guy and, and really yeah. highly skilled. He just, at the end of the day, you know, his athleticism a, a little bit at times let him down, but right. he, he got, he used his fouls, he got rebounds, and he made a few yeah. buckets, man. What, yeah. what more can you ask for a guy you're, you're getting 10 to 12 minutes off the bench from? Yeah, no, he was awesome. So we'll see what happens Wednesday against Buffalo. I'm excited for this season, man. I can't wait to get it rolling. It's it's a great time to, to be a Michigan Wolverine fan. As we mentioned, oh, yeah. football going to Happy Valley on Saturday. Uh, the Big Ten is still very much alive for them. Basketball, obviously, you know, the number six team in the country. And then you got the hockey team, the number two team in the country right now. So uh, things are looking good to be a Michigan sports fan here this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. I believe hockey is is going to be in Happy Valley this weekend as well. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a good good week. A lot of, lot of good Michigan sporting events going on this week. 
No question, man. I'm excited to get it rolling. Scotty, where can we find you on social media, friend? You guys can find me on Twitter. Give me a follow, Scotty White underscore. Um, that is about all the places that I talk about Michigan sports. Um, and I will definitely be tweeting a lot uh, during the basketball game Wednesday and the football game on Saturday. Absolutely. And don't forget to follow the Amazing Brew page, follow the Brewcast Show page as well on Twitter at Brewcast Show. Uh, amazing Brew is just Amazing Brew. You can find me at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Big thanks to everyone hanging out in the YouTube live comments, watching live with us as we do every Monday night at 730. You guys are the best. Appreciate all the comments and and allowing us you know, to, to be a part of the conversation with you guys. We do really appreciate it. If you could, drop a like on the YouTube video. We'd appreciate it. Subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Click that bell so you know when we're going to be going live. Uh, For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, really appreciate it. If you want to join us live, you know, we do it every Monday night at 730. If not, hey, keep listening to the podcast. We love that as well. Just subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. A lot going on this week. You want to subscribe. We got a lot of great shows on the Maze and Brew feed. So for my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.